Welcome back, everyone, to a brand new episode of Ian Hates Music. My name is Ian, and once again, we are welcoming back on the Sinners Line our brand new co-host, James. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Here's to hoping no mic issues this week. I know, right? Look, I will say I got a lot of positive feedback for the show from before. So people want to hear you. Let's just hope it works out. I don't know why, man. I'm like the I'm like the <laughs> great value of Jackson. <laughs> hey, don't talk down about Jackson, all right? We got enough people that do that already. I can't. I, said, I can't I'm have the great that. Value person. Well, that's I mean that's what I mean. I'm just glad <laughs> that we do have a replacement for Jackson. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, what's funny is for people that haven't listened to the show for like the last four years, they have no idea what we're talking about. Right. Right. <laughs> so let's we'll pretend that this is a completely brand new show, even though I probably will make references to the past. I can't help it. But right. I do have to mention, too, it's been a while. It's been a while. But uh-huh. I am sick again. It has taken a long fucking time. So if you hear the my adorable sniffles or if my eyes start to water, that's just the way it fucking is. I mean, you're a natural-born emo kid, so it just makes sense. It's true. It's going to be about the music we're talking about. That's what's going to get my (laughs) emotions going. So that is for sure. Now, I will tell you, before we get into all the music stuff, I don't normally do this, but I have to say, because I was sick, I was working on podcast stuff all the weekend, and I watched the entire first season of The Umbrella Academy on Netflix. Okay. I thought it was fucking awesome. Nice. Not just because Gerard Way, you know, has something to do with it. I actually legitimately thought it's the best show on Netflix. Awesome. So, see, this is why I'm on Ian's music and not movies, be- or maybe even TV, because <laughs> the only show I'm watching right now is Trailer Park Boys. Ah, yeah, that's a little <laughs> tougher for me to talk to. That is yeah. for sure. But I, just, I had to let everyone else know that. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. because this is going to technically be your first full show. We do have a lot to get to. So, James, it is time for Scene News. All right, everyone, it is Scene News time, and we are going to run through some of these because I don't think they really need any actual talking about. They're just good for people to know. So I think the first thing, we had mentioned this on the previous episode of Ian Hates Music, but Norma Jean are in studio and they've chosen their producer. It's going to be Will Putney. I mean, it kind of makes sense. He does a shit ton of producing for bands in the scene. So that makes complete sense to me. And he's damn good at what he does. So I see no issue with this. 
Heck yeah, man. I love a lot of Will Putney's records, so I'm really excited for this. I totally agree. I don't know if he's had that many missteps. Honestly, no. Like, he, he hits it on the nail pretty much every time. And he's great in bands he's in as well. Oh, yeah. So, Absolutely. That's for sure. So we're taking care of that. We'll let people know. I'm sure when the actual album comes out or whenever a single comes out, we'll talk about it. But until then, we're going to move on. North Lane have also wrapped up recording for their brand new album. I believe this is number five for them. And they're yeah. going to be putting that out to Nolly from Periphery, who also, I guess, did the mixing for Architects, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah. So mm. that's pretty fucking cool, too. I'm a big North Lane fan as well, so I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, me too. I mean, I love the Adrian era and the uh, Marcus era. I almost forgot his name. So I oh, love sure. all I love all North Lane, so I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. I think they always have at least something interesting to listen to, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Next thing, a very positive note. Zach Johnson of The Ghosts Inside was finally discharged from his orthopedic surgeon, I guess, after 19... Sorry, not 19. I was going to say fucking... That's <laughs> awful. It's bad enough. It's 13 surgeries after the bus accident. And it looks like he should hopefully be able to get back to doing some more stuff that he loves. And it's just... And it's just insane to think about how much he had to go through just to get out of where he is now. Dude, when the Ghost Inside like finally comes back and plays their first comeback show, it's going to be like top 10 emotional shows of all time. Oh, for sure. I mean, did you see the little trailer that they put oh, yeah. out? Yeah, yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. that had people going and that was like 45 seconds of barely mm-hmm. anything. So, right. yeah, it's going to be the biggest comeback next to I mean at least for a tragedy to have happened it's probably mm. going to be the biggest the only other biggest thing possibly would be my chemical romance came back together right and that's, that's a tragedy it. in a different way oh yes I, I'm tired of people even talking about that but you kind of right. have to mention it like yeah. it goes with all the reunion shit so anyways so congrats to him that's fucking awesome next up some, well, talking about reunions a little bit. So from first to last, one of my all-time favorite bands, they announced that they are reuniting. Well, I don't know if it's actually a reuniting. It's their first show in two years. But if I'm not mistaken, the last time they did a show was just a surprise show that they did at an emo night, right? I believe so, yeah. I think that was the last one. Yeah. So this one is going to be an official show it's at this weird mixing of music genres in New Orleans. And they're going to be doing a DJ set there, but then doing a late night show where Sonny is returning to do full vocals and they're going to do something, you know, like a full show. So I think they play like midnight on that Friday or something. I think it's wow. in March, like March 22nd, I think. I mean, he can't fully leave Skrillex behind, so... Yeah, I think he's doing a DJ set separate from their yeah. DJ set as well. Plus, I think he has another band, or, well, band, quote-unquote, a <laughs> DJ thing that he's doing. Yeah. So I I don't pretend to follow anything he does unless I see him with From First to Last. Yeah, I mean, I haven't listened to Skrillex since the fad of 2011, so... Ah. <laughs> well, you did more than I did, so... <laughs> but I will say... I did look into going. I had flights mapped out. I had the tickets ready to go because they actually weren't that bad for their show alone. Now, if you were going to the actual festival, those were like 
150 to 250 per day. Like that's insane. But they yeah. were doing like a separate set or something, and that mm-hmm. set costs like between 30 and 75 bucks. So mm-hmm. I think the 75 bucks got you a VIP, you got a t-shirt, two vinyls, and then you got oh, to wow. like watch from a, a balcony or something. But the problem with New Orleans is hotels. It's ridiculous, yeah. ridiculously expensive. Right. So I did try. I did try. I love New Orleans. It's one of my favorite cities in the States, but I just can't. I can't pull it off right now. That's where Kane knows from. Represent. That is. When I was there last time, they did a free show at House of Blues. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. They're not. I mean, I know your love and affinity for Kane. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. And by the way, there will be some moving around. So if anyone hears any random stuff, I might be able to take it out. I might not. But because this is James and I, you know, our first real go through here, there might be a little bit of uh, what do you call it? now learning curve, but like growing pains. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Because I've I've done podcasts before, but this is the first one I've been like the actual like co-host. So. Yeah. No, exactly. Let me yeah. see. I think. Oh, yeah. We want to talk about. <laughs> I read this and laughed. So if anyone remembers Michael Bond, he used to be the co-vocalist of Issues. Now he's mm-hmm. got his brand new. There's been a lot of people wondering when he was going to debut his new band. Now, James, do you have the name of that band at all? I do not. Let's I say, do. all right, I got it. I got it. So right, cool. the name of the band is Wild Heart. Okay. And yeah, yeah, yeah. he said he won't be talking about his breakup with issues or anything like that in his new project or any time at all, I guess. I, I'm assuming there's some kind of a silence agreement. There's some kind of confidentiality that he signed, which gives yeah. him like a ton of money. Allegedly. That's that's what I'm going to guess. Otherwise, why yeah. wouldn't you tell that story? You know what I mean? Right. But, that's what I would assume as well. Yeah. I'll, I'll say that as well. But the new band is called Wild Heart. And now when he described it, though, there's no single, there's no nothing. But when he described it, he said, at times... It'll be like if Fall Out Boy went a little bit modern country. Huh. <laughs> I got to tell you, I have absolutely no interest in this. I mean, I'll stay positive, but <laughs> <laughs> that's just the person I am. But... Yeah, true, true. Yeah, I, I mean, I will take a listen to it because, I mean, I wouldn't pay for it, but... If, you know, he puts it out and, you know, we get to talk about it, that's totally fine. He said he didn't want to be in the very crowded, you know, metal scene and all that kind of stuff. And I do completely understand that. Yeah. But a huge change in genre like that is not something like I never want to hear country in whatever you're doing. That's fair. I mean, if he if he means like old Fallout Boy, then I'm interested but if he means like new <laughs> Fallout Boy, maybe that's for somebody else. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing it's Mania with modern yeah. country in it. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, it's definitely for somebody else. <laughs> yeah, I would I would say so as well. But we'll see. Who knows? Look, we talk about this stuff right now. It may turn out to be one of the greatest things I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. I I highly doubt it, but you never know. Never know. starts a deathcore band. I'd be fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> completely fine with that. By the way, I did want to mention one of the cool things that might come out of from first to last playing again is that they like to release brand new singles when they do stuff like that. Mm. So there is a possibility we get something new from them. Yeah, 
It'd be awesome. Next up, see, we're bouncing around here, but we have a lot to talk about. Next up, mm. we have Bring Me the Horizon needed to go ahead and cancel the rest of their North American tour because Ollie Sykes apparently ruptured one of his vocal cords and was told if he continues, he could do permanent, you know, it, it like damage that would not repair itself at all. So he had to do that. He's very sorry. I totally, I mean, maybe it is because he's screaming more again where he hasn't in the past. Yeah, I mean, as somebody that is a singer as well, obviously I have nowhere near the success as Ollie Sykes right now. What? But... You don't? That's why you're <laughs> nope. on the show, man. I know, right? I, I don't deserve to be here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I I will say that like I definitely like feel for his situation because like when when you love to sing and that's like your livelihood like and that's like taken from you that's like the most defeating thing ever it's like you know when you're a professional athlete and you get injured during like a playoff game or like the championship game it's just like you know they're on a huge tour they're doing really well apparently and he has to cancel two shows because of something that he he can't help yeah yeah no it definitely no matter how much i don't like their new music does not mm. mean that I ever want harm to come to the vocalists of the band. You know what I mean? Like, it does right. suck because I am a huge fan of their old music. So mm. I definitely, I mean, definitely don't want anything to happen to him. And it sucks. So hopefully he's getting the time off that he needs so they can come back and do some of the bigger festivals that they have on the line right now. Yeah, and it always sucks when the headlining band has to drop off the tour because if the headlining band drops then everybody else has to drop because that's just the way that the industry runs. Yeah. So Thrice and I think the Fever 333 yeah. made a couple of announcements that they'd have to, you know, obviously stop as well. Now, luckily, right. this didn't happen at the beginning of the tour. It right. happened more towards the tail end. So that is good. But yeah. Ollie's got to take that fucking time. He really does. Right. And, you know, I always, you know, what, regardless of any of our feelings about their new music, like, you know, we all wish Ali a speedy recovery because he's doing what he loves to do. Right. So, yeah, exactly. And kind of on that note. So the last episode, Dave had some preliminary numbers of how much ammo or ammo, however you want to say it, however much that sold in the first week sales. Now, I was told by someone who I think wants to remain anonymous. We'll see if he hears this. Maybe I can mention him on another show. But he said that. With the streaming of the album and album sales, first week, now this is alleged, I think, too, but it's somewhere around 27 to 28,000. So that's streaming mm. and album sales first week. Now that's still mm. pretty significantly less than that's the spirit. But right. what the guy wanted us to know and what he thought was interesting, and I also think is interesting, is that apparently for people that do these numbers, Bands in our scene actually don't do that well with streaming. Normally, mm. they sell more physical copies than they mm. do streaming. But for Ammo, or Mo, whatever, I, I got to stop even saying it. For their new but, album, I guess they're almost 50-50 split between okay. streams and the album. So they're doing something to get people to stream the album. Mm-hmm. So that is interesting. I really thought that more of our scene would actually be streaming music instead of buying physical albums. But maybe I'm assuming 
just say everyone has Spotify. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I won't lie. Spotify is normally how I listen to music. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the fans of our scene are generally very dedicated fans. So they're going to help the bands in any way possible. And so buying a physical album helps the band a lot faster than streaming the album would. True. I think my issue is when I support a band, I often get a merch bundle or something. And those merch bundles never show up on time. So Mm. I never get the album a couple days before or anything like that. Like I've seen many people that has happened to. I never get that. So Mm. most of the time, if I'm listening to an artist's album before it comes out, it's because you know, the label sends it to me, the band sends it to me, the publicist, whatever. That's when I'll right. get to listen to it. So that actually doesn't even show up on your stream count, which is completely different as well. That's true. Yeah. Anyways, so let's move on. Well, you know, we wish Ollie the best, obviously. We're going to talk about another vocalist issue here. And I'm going to try and get all these quote unquote facts down. Now, we did not talk about this before because I think it's weird <laughs> So we're going to talk about Static X. And mm-hmm. I don't think we've talked about Static X, Static X on this show <laughs> forever. I mean, I don't know if we've ever talked about them on the show, to be quite I think honest. we did last week, but briefly, when the tour was announced. Very briefly. Or, I honestly, we might have skipped it. Maybe. Yeah, we might have skipped it because I don't think all the news was out there yet. But this right, time, right. yeah, we're going to talk about it now because one of our good friends, Frankie from a mirror and I have to <laughs> oh boy I have to make a reference to previous shows one of the things I used to do is I had a soundboard of specific Frankie clips because I hate a mirror <laughs> hate them and it's the oh, real hate yeah it's the real hate it's not the hate that's in the name of the shows it's the legitimate hate I really Maybe if it helps you feel better. Oh my god. Hey, that's a good impression. <laughs> so I didn't want to bust out the soundboard again, but apparently he came out and said, Hey, you know, this static X tour seems like a cash grab and made a mention that none of the original Static X members went to the memorial service or the memorial concert for Wayne Static in the beginning. So he was kind of calling it out as a cash grab. Now, I think our opinion, even if we didn't talk about it on air, was that it too was probably a cash grab, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's entirely, but I'm sure that money has something to do with it because it's been so long since his death. Exactly. And it's not saying that people don't deserve to make money off of, you know, a property that is theirs because that's what it is. So I believe... Their manager came out to address Frankie and said, look, the original, I think it's the original bassist of Static Mm. X co-owns the rights to the band, you know, so it was Wayne and him. So Mm. when when Wayne originally did the solo efforts, they didn't go that well. So he started calling the solo band Static X. And then Mm. before his death, they were having a huge lawsuit battle over who could use the name and who couldn't. Now, obviously, that never got finished because I think that Wayne passed away during that time. So the manager came out and talked to all these different points about how Frankie is just standing up for him 
because they were on that one tour together and that mm-hmm. he really doesn't know what he's talking about because he blames the manager, blames, I think it was Wayne's ex-wife who died like very soon after Wayne as well and said that she refused to allow any of the band, the previous band members, to that memorial concert. So that's why no one was there. Uh. Which, who knows if Frankie knew. I Look, Frankie talks out of his ass all the fucking time. So, <laughs> I, I, like, it's very rare. I think I, I think I have agreed with Frankie, like, twice in my life. One is that I do kind of think this is a cash grab, even though, you know, the bassist deserves to do this if he wants. It's their name. They can do whatever the fuck they want. Number two is I think he came out and said something about things you can say in your music. And Mm -hmm. I enjoy, like, I am one of those people that say you should be able to talk about whatever you want. You should be able to say whatever words you want in your Mm -hmm. music. And I think Frankie said something to that effect for some issue that someone was having. But I still even think I made fun of him on Twitter for it. And he replied with one of those dumb WWE, like, uh, rock weird gifs or whatever or gifs whatever you want to call it yeah so we don't really get along but that's (laughs) to be expected i'm not a huge fan of his at all so i do agree that it could be a cash grab i think it's very weird that they would try and find someone to replace wayne on these dates because sure maybe wayne didn't do all of the writing for the band but it's inevitable he was everything in that band when you thought about static x you thought about him right so yeah go ahead i was just gonna say that when it comes to situations like this um i i compare static x to so i i love i love a lot of new stuff obviously but i love a lot of old school metal as well i grew up listening to pantera right and so when dimebag daryl died back in i think it was 2004 like you know, because when Pantera was broken up between that like 2000 and 2004 gap of them being of him still being alive, mm-hmm. there was always the hope that Pantera would get back together. Right, right. But when Dimebag died, you know, people were like, "Well, is there really any hope now?" And I said that if, well, you know, and Benny Paul has passed away now, so there's right. definitely, in my opinion, no hope for this anymore. But I, I told myself that if Vinnie Paul gave a blessing to a respected guitarist that was friends with the band and they did a reunion tour and it was Vinnie Paul's blessing because that was his brother. Right, right. Then I would go see the Pantera reunion tour. Sure. And with Static X, it's like, I really don't know how that could happen. Like, I don't know. Like, cause I mean, Wayne and his wife are both dead. Right. So it's just like, um, and obviously like you, like you were saying, like if the basis co-owns, the band Static X, like they can do whatever they want. They're entitled to do that. Right, right. It, it's just more of I don't know, from my point of view, a way to properly get a new singer for this tour. Yeah, I mean, what I think is going to happen is they're going to get an impersonator. They're going to get someone <laughs> who does like their best representation of Wayne, which to yeah. me sounds really weird. It's like I, I look, I would never compare Static X and Nirvana, just in mm. the method of your vocalists are gone if you're gonna go ahead and get someone that looks like Kurt Cobain and (laughs) can sound like him I wouldn't consider that Nirvana right so and I don't really want to see that either like I don't 
really, unless there's some like all-star tribute to whatever band where they go and they have a festival or something and like multiple, and like I think they actually did, if I'm not mistaken, maybe it was for Pantera, it was for Dimebag or something. They do mm-hmm. that memorial like thing or something. I don't know. I'm talking out my ass, I guess. But mm-hmm. they did one where like Corey Taylor is on stage with them and he does walk. You know, and yeah. then someone else comes up and they do something, you know, like I'm fine with that for sure. But right. a tour or something where they just have someone that does an impression of the vocalist seems very strange to me. Right. Like you back in uh, 2012, when Mitch Lucker of Suicide Silence, you know, passed away, they did the memorial show where they played, you know, several different Suicide Silence songs and every song had a different vocalist. That right. were, you know, bands that were friends with Suicide Silence. You yeah. know, you had like Brooke Reeves of, of Impending Doom, Phil Bozeman from Whitechapel, um, you know, a bunch of other guys. Right. And it was people that they were all friends. But like Suicide Silence, you know, they went ahead and you could say you can make fun of them now, whatever you want to do. But they <laughs> went ahead and did the respectful thing, you know, and laid Mitch to rest, you know, you know, emotionally. And they were like, like all right, we're going to continue with Eddie. Yeah. And then they went into... And- conformity <laughs> conformity yeah i remember yeah right <laughs> and and pedophilia allegedly oh boy. Uh, allegedly <laughs> <laughs> well that's why that's why like they're not doing anything anymore and why he had to be replaced on that video game soundtrack <laughs> so oh, man that was we're not even gonna get into that <laughs> no it's not worth it i think we covered that on the show like a long fucking time ago anyways mm-hmm Oh, Suicide Silence. I, I just, I mean, who doesn't miss Mitch, you know? It just right. sucks. And let's not forget, when Chester died, they did that right. huge memorial where people came out, you know, Jeremy from A Day to Remember. Like, they just had people come out and do it. So that's not unheard of. But doing a tour with an impersonator, that right. just seems really fucking weird. Right. Because, like, the difference between the Static X tour and the Suicide Silence thing is, like, Suicide Silence Oh, my God. Try to... What the fuck is happening <laughs> what do you hear those dogs oh yeah that's my neighbor sorry oh okay i thought that was jackson's dogs i thought that was skittles and snickers no hershey snickers i think it's a skittles and Hershey. i picked whatever fucking name and called him that okay jackson's gonna message me later and be like you're you're a real one for remembering my dog's names (laughs) all right sorry go ahead no no i was just gonna say i think it's the main difference is that suicide silence went on uh Basically saying that Eddie's not a Mitch Lucker impersonator. He's Eddie Hermita. Exactly. And he's our, he's our singer. Right. So. Yeah. And plenty of other bands. I think Drowning Pool, you know, they got a new singer. Like, I mean, the list goes on and on. It's just weird right. to do a tour. So I'm not saying anyone's right or wrong in this situation. Like, they can do whatever the fuck they want. In most cases, Frankie is normally always wrong. But I do agree <laughs> it does seem like a cash grab. He was wrong about probably the other things he said. But the cash grab part is probably partially right. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to think that there's not something involved with money about it. Yeah. No, from my, sure. per- my perspective. Yeah. So, speaking of cash grab, let's go on to the new Silverstein story. So, <laughs> now, they are technically friends of the show. Uh, I am an actual fan of this band. I do enjoy what they do. I just went to their, you know, when Broken is easily fixed, you know, whatever anniversary tour that they're doing. I don't mind anniversary tours if a band wants to do that music. If they hate it, 
then I, I'm obviously not for it. But mm-hmm. now this is outside, if I'm not mistaken, this is outside of their record deal. So they are putting it out, self-releasing a new, a quote-unquote new album because called Redux, the first 10 years. And they're quote-unquote sonically updating these songs. Now I'm going to run through the list because I think it's important. It's 12 tracks here. Smashed Into Pieces, Smile In Your Sleep, American Dream, Bleeds No More, My Heroine, Vices, Your Sword, My Dagger, If You Could See Into My Soul, Giving Up, Still Dreaming, Acoustic, Red Light Pro... <laughs> I, fuck it. I fucked it up. Red Light Pledge, and Call It Karma. So pretty much almost all of their biggest tracks ever. Yeah. All their biggest tracks, they are quote-unquote sonically updating. Now, I don't really know what that means, but this has to be a cash grab. Yeah, especially since it's a self-release. Like, it's not being released through, I think they're on Rise Records. Um, Are they on Rise now? Holy shit. I think... Maybe. Yeah, I think they're technically on Rise Records. Okay. Um, Like, there is circumstances where it is appropriate to remaster old music. Mm-hmm. Like, but I feel like Silverstein started as a band during a time that like, you know, like the audio quality wasn't like abysmal or anything. So I don't know. I'm, con- I'm conflicted on this. <laughs> like, cause like if you listen to like some old school bands, like EPs, like the, the quality is just absolute garbage right right but with silverstein i in their instance i don't see that so i'm very conflicted on this no it's true and i mean i'm sure in their you know first couple albums they probably you know they probably recorded in someone's basement i'm sure right but it never really sounded that bad to me so right it does especially because they're they're releasing merch bundles like huge merch bundles vinyl records they're going all out for this thing, and it really does seem like they're just trying to capitalize on the nostalgia of what they just did, you know, when Broken is Easily Fixed tour. They're trying to capitalize on that. Now, all the power to them. I'm not saying they shouldn't do it. If people are going to go out and spend that money, they figure out a way to get more money. So not going to, mm-hmm. you know, hold it against them for that. It's just something that I can't imagine myself purchasing because I've already heard these songs. Right. So, I don't know. That that screams cash grab to me. Yeah, I could definitely empathize with that. And like we always say, like, they're the band. They're allowed to do what they want. Exactly. But, you know, for me personally, I like Silverstein. Like, don't get me wrong. If they ever listen to this, like, I, I love you. I like you guys' music. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's, let's get the record straight. I like Silverstein. Oh, of course. I love their fucking music. Right. It's more of just... You know, I got to be particular about what I spend my money on in terms of like merch and albums. You know, it's like, would I rather spend money on songs and, you know, on from an album from albums that I've already heard before? Or would I rather spend it on new and upcoming bands that they're these are new songs and these are new shirts? Right. Well, I mean, I mean, technically, these shirts from Silverstein are new. technically. Technically, technically, but. You know, it's but it's capitalized off of old music, whereas new bands, they're capitalized off of like brand new music. Yeah, no, no, for sure. 
Nope, I totally agree. So look, everyone out there, you can make your own decisions. Who knows? Maybe we'll like the, you know, quote unquote, better recorded music. I yeah. don't know. I, I still can't imagine. I would be like, oh, wow, this breakdown really hits harder in this part. Like, I, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe they will be able to do it. The only instance I can think of, and, and I, I'm pretty sure you're not a fan of this band, but I am. Uh-oh. So uh, it was when Sworn In put out the remaster of the Start NDP. Oh, sure, sure. Actually, I don't mind Sworn In. Okay. I, don't mind, I, I think that last album was a little bit the most depressing thing I've ever heard. Okay. No, I get it. I get it. Go ahead. Yeah, but like when they got uh, signed to Fearless and, you know, like their first EP... Uh, I've never listened to the original quality, but I've been told that it's like it's angry because it's like raw, like it sounds like a Garage Band EP. Right. And but Fearless Records, obviously, they got the big bucks, so they were like, "Hey, you need to remaster this." And the quality, in my opinion, was great. So that's the only instance I can think of of coming to my mind because that EP was only like ten years old. It came out in like two thousand eight. True. So that's the only instance I can think of where it might have been appropriate for a modern band to remaster a, a record that's really not that old. Yeah. Yeah, man. I can I can see that. And like I said, just like actually, like I said, just like you said, like we've said on the show before, it's their music. They can do whatever the fuck they want. It's up to the rubes or the non-rubes out there of whether they purchase it or not. That That's what it is. I laugh every time you say that word. <laughs> I love that fucking word. And I think so many people are a bunch of fucking rubes. They just are. So oh, man. I'm a big fan. Yeah. So look, right. <laughs> we can we can move on from that. And I think we're going to end scene news here because I think if we bring up the new Tim Lambisa story, you know, the Zayal, you know, all that yeah. kind of stuff. I know you love domestic abuse, but I think we need to put a hold on talking about this stuff. <laughs> we'll be here all day. <laughs> all day. And it's just the same thing over and over again. So it's not even worth it. Yeah, yeah. I'll say all the same things I said last week anyway. And so. I will too. I'll probably use the same exact jokes. Never. I mean, they'll go over <laughs> again. It'll be great, but no, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll move on from scene news, and we're going to go to new songs. All right, everyone. It is new song time. For anyone that doesn't know how we're going to do this, I am going to introduce a band, tell you the name of the track, and then I'm going to play a small clip of said band and track. Make sure you go out, support these bands, go listen to the full tracks on Spotify, YouTube, whatever, pre-order their albums, look up when their new albums are coming out. These are all really great bands that deserve your support. So we're going to start right away with Reliance and Lucid. Stuck out with everything you wanted. Never been the one you said you'd always need. Is this everything you wanted? Or am I less than you? 
the seafloor cinema with If You Were a Robot, You'd Tell Me, right? Ocean Grove with Ask for the Anthem. Demon Hunter, close enough. Dealer with Crooked. Like ghosts, I wish things were different. Fountain with Helpless.
Alexis on Fire, Familiar Drugs. Spirit Box with Belkara. No home with nothing gold can stay. Andy Black with Westwood Road. Death Therapy, My Defiance. Famous last words, runaways.
All right, everyone. I'm not sure how I wanted to piece this together, but let's assume that I just played a whole bunch of new songs for you, and now we're going to talk about them right now. So I'm going to start with you, James. What were your highlights from all those new tracks? Uh, my biggest highlight was definitely the Demon Hunter tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big fan of Demon Hunter, have been for years. Uh, I know that's not everybody's cup of tea, but I grew I, since I was like 15, have been like a solid state kid, like a solid state records kid. Oh, of course. Yeah. And so Demon Hunter is obviously one of the, the classic bands. They're, I think they're the only band that's still active that has never left solid state. Uh, that's been around for as long as they have. Yeah, um, I could probably see that. Sure. Yeah. Obviously like Fit for a King, but they've only been around since like 2013 or something like that. Right. right, right. But um, yeah, I really love the new tracks. I'm really excited for the uh the double album actually this is the first time i've been really excited for a double album mm-hmm. um because <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna really hate me that i brought this band oh, up right now no. Oh, no. <laughs> but the last time i knew about a double album was five finger death punch oh. <laughs> uh oh. now did, did i listen to that album no but that's the oh, last okay. double that's the last double album that i can think Wait. of that really got so why didn't you listen to periphery Technically, I don't. I consider Periphery on a different thing because they released a record like every six weeks. But <laughs> <laughs> they did. That is true. <laughs> um, but yeah. So this is like, and I know everybody groaned that I brought up Five Finger Death Punch. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> if, if they didn't, if they celebrated, they probably shouldn't be listening to the show. You know what? I played this. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, because everybody knows how much I love good music. Oh, Um, I don't don't even know what to say to that. (laughs) Uh, uh, But I think it's interesting that, and I remember when you were talking with uh, Austin from Ghost Key Mm -hmm. about, you know, we live in a streaming age, so we, you know, it's almost like the more music you put out, the better. Like, right. Everyone wants more content, more content, more content. Right. As long as the music stays to a certain quality, everybody wants more music. Yeah, for sure. So. I think it's interesting that, you know, Demon Hunter has been a band that's put out an album generally every two years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this time around, they're releasing two albums on the same day called War and Peace. Right. And they're supposed to be the contrast of each other. Makes and, sense. And uh, as far as I know. Yeah, but, I mean, that would make sense. Yeah. Right. But yeah, that was definitely my my big highlight of the week. Uh, I really like the, the Death Therapy track. Uh, yeah. I, I really like Jason Wisdom. Yeah, uh, I think he's a good guy. I think he's a good musician, and I think what he's doing with death par- death therapy is really cool. Yeah, friend of the show. Yeah, yeah, friend of the show. Yeah, to plug that. <laughs> he uh, he put out a thing today. So obviously we're recording this, and I don't know when this is going to come out. So pre-orders should be ready by the time this comes out for the new album. But he mentioned once again, it's no guitars, and then also what I liked about this track was the addition of the featured singer. Now, I don't think they're doing that for a lot of tracks. I could be incorrect. But the dual vocals on that, I thought, worked out really well. But it just sounds like sort of an evolution of the previous album, which I think is cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think Jason Wisdom does everything he touches is gold. You know, I thought Becoming the Archetype was a really cool band. For sure. And, you know, Death Therapy is really cool as well. Look, and... uh, Anyone that loves the Dark Tower as much as he does and make references to it like I do, yes. I'm completely, yeah. I'm with that. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, most of the, the new songs this week were decent to good. The only other one that really that kind of stood out to me was that was the Ocean Grove song. OK, Does... so I had to mention. <laughs> can I just mention for a second? So sure, sure. they used to do new metal. That used to be right. their thing. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. I heard this track, I said right in my head, I said, this is Australian Don Broco. <laughs> it's exactly what it sounded like. Now, not as good, but that's what it sounded like. Now, I'm okay with weird. I just, I don't know. I like Don Broco, but I don't know if I need any knockoffs right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm just a weirdo, and I like weird stuff. Sure. And I was, and when I was listening to Ocean Grove, I was like, this is so over the top, and I love it. Yeah. No, no, I... I can get that. I can right. get that for sure. All right. So I actually had a lot of standouts here and I'm just going to run through them because I don't need to talk about them a ton. You already heard some of them probably. So I think Reliance is going to be a really good band. Now I'd never heard anything that they've done before. So I'm looking to, I'm looking forward to whatever they have coming because I definitely liked what I heard there. Stuck out really good band. I've liked them for a while now. I'm happy that they're continuing along the similar path of what they had before, probably just growing a little bit. I enjoy that. The Seafloor Cinema, I have never heard before, but I enjoyed that track a lot. Demon Hunter, I'm with you with that. I do want to bring up Dealer, the new one of the new <laughs> signings. Oh, no. <laughs> they're from Stay Sick Recordings. I have to mention our producer, Ty. He makes notes every once in a while on what we talk about, and he made a note that... We should notice that Stay Sick Recordings <laughs> always sign new metalcore bands, and they all sound the same. LMFAO. I'm going to say put the F there. But he, he mentioned when I say new, that's N-U. But this band seemed more hardcore than new metal. I don't know. Maybe I'm off on that one. From an artist's perspective, any band could do what they want, but... In my in my humble opinion, arf, in my, arf. <laughs> if you're going to if you want to bark and call people a bitch right before the breakdown, oh, I did love that. <laughs> it's just something I wouldn't personally do. <laughs> True. No, I get it. Look, I liked some of it because sometimes I just enjoy angry music. So if you right. want to hear something angry, that's a band. Now I don't want all of my hardcore bands to bark in their songs. Though. <laughs> I'm going to put that out right now. Cause what I also don't get is they're not growling. They're not doing right. something that is, uh, you don't want to say masculine because we're 2019. It's not something <laughs> aggressive. When you go arf, arf, that's not very aggressive. If you were to go like bark, bark, arf, arf, isn't very aggressive. You need to do something like real. There needs to be a sound there. But I don't know what it is. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like ever since Brian Garris did it in Counting Worms by Knocked Loose, like a lot of other bands have been trying to replicate what he did in that song. Right. And I, I felt like with his vocals and their style, it only worked for them, in my opinion. No, I get it. And I honestly don't know if he was the first one to do it. I Probably don't, not. I, yeah, I, I'm trying to think back. I don't know, but let's give him the credit anyways for now, and someone can correct us if we're incorrect. But yeah, I don't need that. I just think it's fucking funny. I don't know. I think it's right. funny. <laughs> I just laughed out loud when I heard the song. So I was like, okay, I, I get where they're going here, and yeah. I like an angry sentence before an angry breakdown. Yeah. And like, I, I definitely will keep my eye out on this band because like, 
obviously I love new metal. I love new metal core. So I will definitely keep my eye open for this band. It just personally, this song was the only song this week that just didn't do it for me, unfortunately. Oh, I got you. Okay. Well, I have even more to talk about because I, I had okay. a great week with new songs. So like ghosts, I thought was really fucking good. Youth Fountain, the new signing, I think, for Hopeless. I thought that sounded really, really promising. So I'm looking, or actually, wait. Oh, Helpless is the name. I thought it was Hopeless. There's another Hopeless artist later on. That was the name, but they're on Pure Noise, if I'm not mistaken. I liked what they were doing. I think the, the Hopeless, I love a ton of Hopeless bands. I cannot do the emo rap. I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> And Dude, I, I love that stuff. Yeah, I know you do. So maybe you'll be the expert on the show, but I, I can't do it. I just can't. I understand that. It's not for everybody. Like, I listen to a lot of Nothing Nowhere, but sure, sure. I understand that that sound, you know, only a certain, you have to be a certain type of person to appreciate that. And if you're not that person, it's all good. Yeah, it's just not going to work for me. But Alexis on Fire came out with a brand mm-hmm. new track. Now, I'm happy they're back. I don't know what I know they did like announce ah wow, an announcement for like four shows or something. Nothing where I can go to. But I like the track. It wasn't exactly their sound. So I don't know yeah. if they're trying for that or not, but I enjoyed the message of the song. Mm-hmm. So I like that one and I'm a huge Alexis on Fire fan. So that was great. Spirit Box continues mm-hmm. to destroy I love her voice. I love those fucking crazy ass unclean vocals from her. I think yeah. that band is going to really go places. Yeah, I was a fan. I was really digging it. Another one, I thought No Home was really great. I'm actually surprised that wasn't on your list of great songs. See, that was like in the last minute of songs that I kind of had to all listen to at once. Ah, so sure. I got I got to go back and listen to them more. But yeah, I do remember that one being like... I knew there was one I was forgetting. That one was definitely like something really cool. Yeah, I enjoyed the message of the song. I really liked the screaming in it. I think everything really worked there. So that's going to be a band on my radar for the future. Another one. Now, this doesn't have to be on my radar. Andy Black put out <laughs> his new his new song. Now, look, I think people who know the show know that I am a mark for Andy Biersack. I think they realize that. I love yeah. Black Veil Brides. I, I even love that fucking stupid movie, American Satan. I'm looking yeah. forward to the TV show. Like, I'm all about that. Now, Andy Black, uh, I, I, that solo project he does, I will say for sure, listening to this track, sounds like he has less electronics in it compared to his last solo album. Mm-hmm. And I would rather listen to that than Fall Out Boy, than Panic <laughs> at the Disco, then bring me the horizon now. You know, any sure, of those sure. bands that are super huge, I don't know why Andy Black wouldn't be way above them. Because at least for them, like at least for him, I think his voice is good for what he's doing. And he seems way more original with lyrical content and telling a story. Right, right. And, um, you know, for me personally, like, you know, I haven't followed black Bars closely since like 2013 but i've always said that andy and even his bandmates have been are all very talented musicians yeah like you may not be a fan of the music but you know i remember listening to like knives and pens when i was in like uh. ninth grade and being like this is a great track like even now like at 22 years old i'm like i this is still a good song <laughs> yeah 
No, I still love it. I still do. But that side, I mean, I'm not going to listen over and over again to Andy Black. Right. I don't really care about that much. You know what I mean? Right. I do appreciate, though, that he keeps, like, this sound separate from Black Veil Brides. Oh, for sure. Like, like he created this side project for this specific sound, and he left the Black Veil Brides sound alone. Yeah. I do appreciate that. Yeah, and Black Veil Brides, I mean, they've gone back and forth between screamo post-hardcore to 80s hair metal, you know, right. back to <laughs> anthemic post-hardcore and stuff like that. So they do change their sound, but they're not going in the direction of Bring Me the Horizon or Fallout Boy or Panic. You know what I mean? They're keeping that separate, which I like, so I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, yeah. And then really, we're just going to end tonight with Famous Last Words because they're also a friend of the show. They have their brand new track, Runaways, and their new album's going to be coming out soon. Now, this is independent. Well, not independent. It's SBG and not Revival anymore. And there's a definite change in sound. And I'm not right. saying it's bad, but this is the most... I've been following them from their very first EP. This is the most different sounding, uh, you know, Famous Last Words track I've ever heard. Right. So we'll see what they're going to be doing. I think this is the first one that's not a concept album as well. Mm, interesting. So yeah, there'll be. I'm sure there'll be a couple more singles, I would hope anyways, because I believe it comes out in May. And that's fucking far as fuck away, so. Yeah. But yeah, I had a good new song week, so I'm hoping for another great week next week as well. But until then, James, it's time for our new favorite part of the show. All right, everyone. So favorite part of the show for us means it's album review time. Now, James and I listened to a shit ton of albums this week, but we kind of cut out the ones we didn't. I mean, in the past, I think you have to really loathe an album to talk about it that we don't want to. You know what I mean? So we just cut out a bunch of albums that we didn't care to talk about because we do try and only talk about the best out there. So. Let's start right away with Happy Hour, Love Hurts EP, and it's a self-release. This is poppy, post-hardcore. This is their second EP and the follow-up to What's Your Poison. Now, keep in mind, though, it's only three tracks long. Mm -hmm. So a little bit, you know, even like they call it a small EP, I guess. But James, before I go into everything, what did you think of this? I like this. I like the the third track was a. Uh, I liked it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the third track I liked it, but it didn't captivate me as much as the first two tracks. The first two tracks were amazing. I love yeah. those two songs. Uh, third track, I mean, I like it now, but it took a little bit to grow on me. Sure. Uh, but this is a band that like I'm definitely gonna keep the radar out for, and I think on Spotify it said they had other records as well, so I think I'm gonna go back and uh, check those out as well. One other EP. What's your poison? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. check that out. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. I'm, I'm a fan of this band. Yeah, they're good. And I, I know, so the third track's called Already Dead. And I also made a note of that in my head because that's more of like a hip-hop style, I mm-hmm. guess. But still had, like, I think unclean vocals towards the end yeah. of the track. But yeah, it's yeah. super different. 
but all the tracks are so different because this band is so good at molding a lot of genres together. So I think they keep that whole post-hardcore thing there, but then also are very strong with R&B. They're also right. a little jazzy, a little funky, if you want to call that as well. Like it's very yeah. interesting how well they're able to like mold everything together. And I think mm. that's a real interesting part about this band. Yeah, and for me personally, like I think the mark of a great band is when you listen to a song and you're not quite sure how you feel about it, so you keep going back sure. to try and form an opinion, and then you end up, it grows on you. Yeah. So I think this band's really good at what they do. Yeah, what I like about bands is when they're that versatile, that something like that works, and that they put out an EP, they put out a three-track EP, and I'm wanting to hear more. I'm not writing them off because, like, why do they put out a three-track EP? I'm like, I want more music. That's right. when you know the band has you, you know? Right. Keeps them hungry. Exactly. So there's not a whole lot to talk about with this band because there's only three tracks, but they're versatile. They're interesting. They're very good at molding the music together. So I would mm. recommend them. I know James would as well. So make sure you check it out. Happy Hour, Love Hurts EP, and it's a self-release. Mm. Next up, we're going to go with Millencolin with SOS on Epitaph Records. This is a veteran Swedish punk pop band. All the way, they are vets from the night from like 1994. I want to say the 1994, like it was like yeah. the the 1975. Yeah, right. So 1994. This is their ninth album. This wow. is 12 tracks, front to back, no filler, which I like a lot. It's catchy as fuck. It's one mm. of those type of like poppy punky pop punk bands however you want to say it it's got a little bit edge on the punk but not with like the raspy vocals that you might expect so i think they put a lot more pop into this because i think that's their style but i could be wrong this is a relatively for nine you know nine albums this is a newer band for me yeah i was like i thought this was like a new band and i was like they they've been around since the 90s yeah yeah, and um, I was just really surprised that I had never heard of this band before. Now, I mean, I like their sound. I mean, I felt like the whole time I was playing playing like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Yeah, but... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, I mean, but I'm a fan that. of that. I'm a fan of that. I would, yeah. I loved the the Tony Hawk soundtrack. So I was like, hey, I could literally just mute the TV and just listen to this. Yeah, no, no, it's a, <laughs> definitely not bad whatsoever. You know, it's the normal. You know, they're more on the punk side, even though they have a lot of pop in what they're doing. So they talk about girls, they talk about drugs, they talk about politics. You know, they have a few, like, call to arms type songs, you know, using that kind of satire to get you interested in what they're trying to show you. So I thought that was interesting. They're not really breaking new ground on this by any means. I mean, obviously, if you can bring up Tony Hawk Pro Skater, you know, this isn't something new. But they've been doing it for so long I think they get the pass on, you know, they've been doing this for so fucking long. Right. They've they pretty much just perfected the sound they want to play. So yeah. more power to them. So I think the big thing is if you like pop punk and you've never heard of this band, you have nine fucking albums plus like a couple compilations to go yeah. back and listen to. So take a listen to SOS and then go back. You know, once you like this, go back to the other stuff. I, I'm just surprised. Epitaph Records is so fucking weird now, so yeah. I never know what to expect from them, but they have a lot of veteran bands on their roster. Right. And I just want to point out the fact real quick that they have a song called Yanny and Laurel. They do. Which <laughs> which I 
it's been a long time since I've seen like a veteran band. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've seen like a band make an entire song about a meme. Yes. Veteran or not. <laughs> yep. Very true. So yeah. <laughs> I'd recommend people check it out. You might not. If you're expecting unclean vocals, if you're expecting breakdowns and blah, you're not going to get that. This is straight up poppy pop punk with a little bit of punk edge to it. So once again, it's Millen SOS on Epitaph Records. Next up, we have Smoke Signals with Letting Go. I believe this is an independent release, isn't it? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. And not only that, they surprise released it so we did not have this on our sheet we were not prepared and then all of a sudden i saw the announcement and knew we had to listen so try new stuff i guess so yeah smoke signals they are a new metal metalcore band this is their third album it's 11 tracks no filler which i do love so i thought right away this band was very good at setting the mood it feels like a very dark album not to mention you know reading some of the lyrics as well yeah yeah so now my question to you would be you love old school new metal so oh, absolutely what love was it. your feeling on this i really loved like the singing slash clean vocals on this okay i thought it reminded me uh i know we talked about demon hunter earlier i thought it, it sounded exactly like ryan clark from demon hunter ah, okay and uh as far as the screams goes i just love just how just angry it was. Like yeah. if you listen to like Super old angry. like corn or Slipknot or mm -hmm. even like old school Deftones like off Adrenaline. Sure. Like that stuff was just anger. Like anger, anger and carnival. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I just love that 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 smoke signals reminded me of that. I just because I'm a guy. We love angry music. Like, yeah, I do. Look, I listen to angry music when I'm fucking happy. Listening right. to angry music makes me happy. Yeah, I. it's so funny. I think we've had this conversation, not with you on the show, but I remember talking about how like having girls over to my apartment and playing mm. the music that I listened to, I mean, I wouldn't mind having sex to it because what do I care? Like, I just <laughs> like the music that I listen to. And when has a double bass drum in the background not been a good thing? Right. So that's, that's, the, that's the way I look at it. But yeah, I look, I liked it. The way the clean vocals were put into this whole album reminded me, like, it was such a flashback to the yeah. early 2000s. There's actually certain tracks. So I think it was the track Wake Up, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. That, that was, was yeah, that was an exact early 2000s new metal slow song. Yep. It's exactly what people used to do. You look at bands like Stereo Mud and Earshot. Mm -hmm. It's exactly what those bands did. And most of it is just straight up new metal. Now, what I liked about it too is they added in some of those kind of deathcore whales. Yeah. And I thought that was a really interesting addition to the old school meeting kind of the new school, no pun intended. Right. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was a really good breed. Like they were able to I mean, at heart, they're like a new metal, new metal core band. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But they were able to take elements of other types of music and blend them in and not make it like they were able to make it like work well. It yeah. was able to bl blend really well in. I think so as well. I was going to say, I think so too. I think so as well. Yeah. yeah it was just really a, a fun listen. Like if you don't like that, you're definitely not going to like it. But I would say give it a chance because you really never know. I understand 
that people aren't a huge fan of the new metal revival. I totally get it. But when I don't know what's wrong with them. Yeah. I mean, you're like, (laughs) those people are fucking nuts. But I think in general, though, when a band does it well, I'm completely fine with that. Mm -hmm. So and I think Smoke Signals does do it well. So I would recommend. And also, I would like to see this band live. You too. So once again, that's Smoke Signals, Letting Go, and it's an independent release. All right, so we are on to the main event here tonight. I'm sure James knew exactly where I was going with that. It is time for Crystal Lake with Helix on Sharp Tone Records. This is Metalcore from Japan. Now, I will say, many people have already heard this album because it came out in Japan way before it came out here. So that's just a note. So this might not even be new to some people. You know, it might Mm -hmm. be very old for some people what we're talking about anyways so 12 tracks an intro and an interlude which i'm not a fan of but 10 tracks of goodness is still there james i want to go to you first i like this whole dynamic of letting you talk for a second and and then me so go ahead what did you think about helix so i thought helix is my highlight of the week and that's saying a lot because you know there was only one new metal album this week and that was smoke signals but ended up loving crystal lake just a little bit more. Okay. So I am going to bring up some, like, I don't know why my brain always goes to these really weird places when I love an album, but I'm going to bring up uh, Ramstein right now. Oh, okay. And so, right. so I want to bring up Ramstein because I love it when a band is able to incorporate, you know, their own culture into a music that's popular worldwide. Right. So, and obviously, um, so Rammstein is a band that obviously most people know that, you know, and they sing in German. And while Crystal Lake does not sing in Japanese, they incorporate a lot of Japanese culture into metalcore, sure. which I think is really cool. Because I'm somebody, I mean, I'm a weeb. I'm not going to lie. Like, <laughs> I, I love I love Japanese culture. I mean, I got Final Fantasy 15 sitting on my shelf right now. And well, I, No, I get it. Believe me. You wouldn't, you wouldn't believe the amount of action figures <laughs> I have for Final Fantasy. Oh yeah, dude. And I watch, you know, I love anime. I love all that. I love all that crud. (laughs) And so, (laughs) and so I thought the fact that Crystal Lake, you know, them being natives to Japan, they were able to, you know, take just enough of their culture and implement it into their music just made it incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I I totally get that. So I like True North. You know, I've actually liked most everything that they've done. I thought this was a good follow up to True North. I think, and and we're going to talk about the good stuff too. Let's talk about some of my issues first. Okay. Because I I definitely like this, but that song, Just Confusing. I'm not going to make a terrible joke about it. What I'm going to say is (laughs) I worry that that's an indication that they might want to go in that direction. Okay. Because that, to me, that track sounds like Bring Me the Horizon new like it sounds like the way a lot of our bands in the scene are going where it's kind of rappy and has only electronics in it and no instruments like that kind of thing that worries me if that makes sense see just confusing uh worried me because of every time i listen to it i think my phone's ringing that is also true and there was a (laughs) lot of parts of that song that had that that front and end part went on forever Right. <laughs> so I, I totally get that for sure. <laughs> I'm also not a fan of any of the rapping. Okay. Now, it's done in small doses. Besides that track, I think that whole track is almost rapping. 
But yeah. throughout the album, there are a couple songs that also have a little bit of it. I, I'm totally fine. That actually goes into a little bit of the culture of Japan as well, because right. some of their metal bands really like to do that. So I totally get that too. But all in all, I really enjoy this album. Look, I can't get over how good Aeon is as a track. Like, oh my god, it's so good, so fucking good. And I like the the parts of the electronics, like the robotics that they kind of put in yeah. towards the end. I thought that was great. Lost in Forever actually might be my favorite track because of how melodic they got with that. Right. I think my favorite track was definitely Devil Cry. Oh, sure. Because I love like. I just love eerie stuff. I'm weird. Yeah. Everybody should know that. <laughs> and so like it just begins and kind of has this like because it's really eerie sound. And then like even through the chorus and the verse, like it just has this eerie guitar tone. I just love it. Yeah. No, I'm all for that. I like that track as well. What I also thought, and I don't know if you've noticed this with, you know, with Crystal Lake, but they almost always have a track that almost like breaks the fourth wall. Like they they want a track that is really super angry and the lyrics are so bare bones that they're calling you like a motherfucker. Like, they always have a track like that. I think in True North, I forget the name, but I think it was dedicated to wrestling because they talked about go to sleep. Right. I think that's Kenta's move from Japan. And that's like a big deal. Japanese people a lot like, you know, pro wrestling and stuff. So there's another, there's that track in this one where basically I think the whole song is about creating a pit. And I think that's the right. only thing that song is about. So I think they do that as like a breaking the fourth wall, like they're deadpooling it a little bit. Right. And I have heard from everyone, and I know Hater Rick just went to their show as well, but I have never heard a person say Crystal Lake is bad live. Every person gushes yep. about how awesome they are live. Yeah. I mean, they're like, honestly, I can't think, I mean, there might be another, there might be others, but. I can't think of any other bands from Japan that are breaking into the States this well right now. Well, there's one. I mean, come on. You know who they are. Who's that? Baby Metal. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm being honest. (laughs) I mean, all right. That's fair. All right. I'll give you that. (laughs) I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, Yeah. yeah. I wanted to bring up, though, and (laughs) Ian might know where I'm about to go with this. Uh Uh-oh. But on Crystal Lake's first album, mm-hmm. they have a stellar cover of Rollin' by Limp Biscuit. <laughs> I wanted you to bring that up because I I oh, definitely yeah. didn't want to bring it up. But yes, that that was my introduction to the band. As probably many people in the States. That was probably, you know, so make sure you go check that out because that is a really fun metalcore cover of that song. Right. J- yeah. Just imagine if Fred Durst was Japanese and that's just all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> We'd end up bombing them again. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, bam. Is that too soon? Too soon? Yeah, actually, that's probably. I don't <laughs> know. Time soon? plus tragedy. I don't know. I think it works. It's been like, like 80 it years. <laughs> it's so funny because since you brought up Limp Bizkit last show, I went back and I listened to some Limp Bizkit. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help it. But what's funny was I just posted like a, like a matter of fact funny what i thought was a funny comment where i just go on facebook and i just posted you know if life has taught me anything it's that it's all about that he says she says bullshit and people responded like i can't <laughs> believe ian would talk about knowing limp biscuits like i fucking grew up on limp biscuit like where oh, yeah, where's this coming from plus that was just a funny statement right right and 
I mean, dude, you can talk whatever crap about Lubisky you want, but Wes Borland is an amazing guitarist. Oh, he really is. He absolutely, so. I mean, he's an amazing musician in general. But that's what's absolutely. also cool about him is he makes fun of Limp Bizkit. Like he oh, knows, yeah. yeah, he knows that's what made him money, but he knows that the music isn't good. <laughs> I mean, you know the music isn't good. You just happen to like it. The lyrics are not good. Yeah, I okay. Uh, <laughs> we can have this argument all day, man. <laughs> well, no, no, I look. I've seen Limp Bizkit live multiple, multiple times. Like, I know that back in the day, they they brought it. Like, they were actually right. a really good band to see live. I never cared for the rapping stuff, you know, that went along. Like, I actually, I saw Limp Bizkit, D12, Eminem, huh. and Papa Roach, and I want to say someone else on that on that tour but that was like the <laughs> biggest fucking tour i think they sold out like everywhere that they went and they were playing oh. arenas wow so yeah believe me all right no more limp biscuit talk what are we doing <laughs> limp biscuit every episode <laughs> <laughs> it has to be referenced that's our new bit it has to be referenced somewhere so no crystal lake i love that they're catching on with people i i think it's great that people are saying like Crystal Lake are reinventing metalcore. Like I enjoy hearing that kind of stuff. I also, even though, like, look, if you like a focused album, you're probably not going to like this. You know, Crystal Lake are all over the place, but I think that this was actually more focused than True North was, and I appreciate that. And I, I don't mind a little craziness. I, I mean, it's like what you said. I don't mind weird. Like I right. like weird. So to hear a hard-hitting, you know, Japanese metalcore band, I think that's fucking great. Yeah. So, yeah. I know we both recommend it. So once again, everyone, make sure you check it out. Crystal Lake, Helix on Sharp Tone Records. All right. Now that we are done with that, we are moving on to talk about the upcoming albums for next week or this week, whenever you're listening. So we've got Attila. Traitors, Exit Wounds, Blood Youth, To the Rats and Wolves, Brick by Brick, Miners, and Dead Ships. Now, maybe some bands are putting out you know stuff that we're not going to cover or that we don't have on the list, but we will cover. So keep that in mind. I think for me, obviously, I'm looking forward to Attila. <laughs> Always. Uh, I will keep an open mind. <laughs> 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 I I will say the one thing that concerns me about this album, because I think they're going in a much angrier direction. I don't think there's going to be a lot of rap in this. I think it's going to be very hard hitting. The thing yeah. about it, though, is there's only been... Wait, has there even been a single? I Not that I can recall. There might have been one, possibly. Maybe. But that's very concerning. But... They like sold out of like almost all of their pre-orders. I know they're doing very well, but it's an interesting kind of situation not to have anything to go off of. Yeah. See, I respect Attila as a band, and I think Franz is an incredible businessman. Mm -hmm. It's more of like, you know, when when it's those type of lyrics, it has to be like comedic, like for me, like Limp <laughs> Biscuit. Like it has to be just funny to listen to. For me, like I can only take Attila in like small doses, like you know, like the about that the about that life's type of stuff. Sure, I don't know. To be quite honest, fuck that shit. You can find me in the mosh pit. All <laughs> <Okay>. right. 
But don't get me wrong, Franz, if you ever listen to this, I do respect you. I think he does. I've seen him a bunch of times. I'm sure he (laughs) listens to Ian's music. Yeah. I love how, like, every time I, like, even slightly disrespect somebody, I'm just like, just so you know, I don't think you're a bad person. (laughs) Yeah, you got to get over that. You got to be like Dave and just be like, go fuck your mom. Like, (laughs) Dave says the meanest things and will never apologize for it. So that's where you got to get your head set on that. I know. That's why we need Dave. We need, like, the balance. (laughs) Yeah. Dave is the evil and you're the good and I'm the neutral. Yep. That's how we work it. All right. Enough of that. Before we end the show, though, we do have another segment. We're going to go ahead and talk about concerts. If you think we're going to kiss your ass since you get a good review in your magazine, well, you're mistaken, my friend. Take a self-righteous poser, wannabe writer, candy-ass pencil. Shove it up your ass! Shove it up your ass, you punk! Shove it up your ass! All right, James, it is concert review time. We're going to start with you. We'll go back and forth because I think we each have two concerts each, right? I actually only have one. Oh, you ruined it. All right. <laughs> First concert I went to was Landon Tours and Ghost Atlas Live. So Landon was doing his solo material. So no plot new. No, you know, I wish AI 640 as well. That didn't happen. But he did... A whole arrange, you know, a whole arrangement of his solo material, which I'm a big fan of because it is super fucking weird. And it was just him, you know, his keyboard slash guitarist and a drummer, and it was just awesome. Like he does such a weird style of solo material, and he is one of the best vocalists out there. I won't disagree with that. So yeah, I would recommend, even if it's not exactly your taste, like it wasn't acoustic. It wasn't anything like that. It was just weird ass fucking material that is really good. I mean, sometimes it's jazzy or funky, you know, sometimes it's a little rappy, like you never know what he's going to do. I would recommend that people check out his solo album Dynamite that came out, I think it was last year, uh, no, 2016. And then he did make an announcement that he'll probably do another solo album by the summer as well but that tour is over now anyways now they've got the the plot new huge ass motherfucking tour that's amazing yeah uh who's on that again that's limbs day seeker like moss to flames and the plot new that's fucking amazing and then for the local show the show that i'm hoping to go to in worcester which is not exactly local but the openers for that are friend of the show saving vice as well so that's going to be a fucking great show. And then also Ghost Key was on that tour. Ghost, ah, wow, not Ghost Key. <laughs> Holy fuck, man, the sickness is getting to me. Not Ghost Key, Ghost Atlas. So, yes. you know, it has a guy from Era in, yeah. you know, in it as well. And he did, I think it's, is his name Jesse? Uh, Jesse Cash, I yes. believe. There we go. So he does this as his side project. I guess they've been around for like five years. This is the first time they've ever toured together. So that was really cool. And they did a very good job as well. So I, I like Ghost Atlas as well. So it was yeah. just a really cool, you know, time and place to see that band together with Landon Tours. And I would recommend either of them to everybody, especially the plot new as well. So I'll put that out there. So go ahead, James, what do you got? 
Yeah, uh, real quick, I, I was going to say, I'm glad you corrected yourself because I was about to say that's a really out-of-the-box tour for Ghost Key. But, <laughs> 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 but um, so my tour, uh, so unfortunately, because my buddy and I lost track of time, we missed the first two bands. But oh. uh, the three bands we did see were Kane Hill, uh, Mark Tremonti solo, just Tremonti, okay. uh, his solo stuff, and Seven Dust. Ah, okay. So... Uh, you know what? I will save Kane Hill for last because everybody already knows my love for them. <laughs> uh, I want to save the best for last. You know what I'm saying? Of course. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, first I'll start with Mark Tremonti. Uh, if you do not like dad rock, then you will not like Mark Tremonti solo stuff. Okay. All right. Uh, I personally enjoy dad rock, so <laughs> I, <laughs> or butt rock or whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, That's what Dave would call it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I thought it was cool. I mean, you know, obviously I prefer Creed, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're off the show, man. There's only so much I can take. Oh no. Oh, oh man. No, but uh, I think Mark Tremonti is an incredible guitar player. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, regardless of what your thoughts are on Creed and Alter well, sure. Bridge, right, right. But uh, regardless, the man can riff like nobody's business. So, uh, and it was kind of weird because it wasn't really him that was doing the riffing. It was his guitar player that he i guess hired onto the tour maybe that's ah. the official guitar player for his band or solo band sure uh i i think he was literally just up there just having fun because he wasn't really doing a whole lot of shredding up there which i thought was interesting oh okay so and then i'll go with seven dust yep uh seven dust is really cool uh They're always it was my good. Fir- yeah yeah it was my first time seeing them wow and yeah oh, shit. yeah it was my first time seeing them and those dudes have got to be at least in their 40s, if not their 50s already. It's so. It's got to be almost 50s because I saw them like 12 times live when I was a kid. Yeah. And I mean, those guys, like they're almost grandfather's age, like they're almost grandpa age. And they rock more than certain bands that are like my age at 22. Sure. Yeah. No, Lejean is fucking amazing. Yeah. I mean, dude, he like I listen and really enjoyed uh, All I See Is War, and then oh. I went back and listened to a lot of the older stuff, mm-hmm. and he sounds almost like he does on record. Like it was pretty, it was pretty really, it was pretty amazing, honestly, that like he could replicate what he sounded like in the album that much. No, he's always been extremely talented. Yeah, I mean, I got no complaints when it came to Seven Dust. Uh, yes. Towards the end, I had to sit down, but that was really just because I was tired, <laughs> and I'm an old man when I go to shows like. When I start standing for like three hours, I'm like, all right, I gotta sit down. <laughs> Wait, you didn't jump in the pit? Uh, no, oh. because I got a concussion a year and a half ago oh. in, in a mosh pit, so it's very difficult, uh, like physically for me to be near mosh pits. Unfortunately, it makes sense. But makes sense. Hopefully, hopefully one day I will overcome that fear. But or not. I feel like it's right, right. <laughs> I feel like Seven Dust would have been a good band to like get back into moshing for because like. People, I mean, people go crazy, but they're not like, it's not like a knocked loose pit or something. Right, right, right. No, yeah, it's understandable. It's, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I got no complaints when it comes to Seven Dust. And obviously, the uh, grand finale, Yep. Uh, I will say, is Kane Hill. And honestly, and I mean, I know it's pretty early in the year, but it's oh, no. so far. It's so far. Don't say it. My favorite <laughs> performance of the year. So far. Okay. So far. So far. Uh, that's subject to change. Obviously it's only February. We got 10 more months left and I'm, I'm sure there'll be many more shows I go to. I already got a couple more planned. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
and they so I will say they did not play anything off of Kill the Sun. I was gonna ask. I'm glad. Yes. Okay. They <laughs> they did not play anything off of Kill the Sun, which I could understand because the set list they chose, it would have been really awkward if they had picked a song to play from that. I yes. think I think they do want to play something from like do, they do want to play those songs, but they might have to do a specific tour dedicated to a set like that. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, once in a while they'll play you're so wonderful, which is like their other like famous soft track, but that's only once in a while. That is once in a while. I've only seen that once. Right. Me too. Now, do they play the new Jesus? Uh, surprisingly, no, they don't I play was, that fucking anymore. I was really surprised. Oh dude, I haven't heard it since the first time I saw them live. I've seen them live like seven times. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the songs they played were they they opened. Ah, uh, you don't have to write it down. Uh, no, yes. I just <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I mean, just those two songs are the ones I'm most interested. Right, right, right. In. Yeah, yeah, right, right. But yeah, like yeah, I won't go through the whole set list. But yeah, <laughs> they play. But I will say they played mostly Too Far Gone, which makes sense oh, because yeah. that's their most recent album, well, excluding Kill the Sun. And yeah, I was a really big fan of the set. Uh, just uh, wit, just like I was talking about with Lejean. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sounded almost exactly like he does on record. And yeah, he's. Good. I will say, there were certain times he purposely didn't sound like he did on record, but he made it sound really cool nonetheless. It was yeah, mainly when he was just singing, like screams. You know, he was pretty consistent. Yeah, but certain melodies he did differently. Um, specifically, the melody in Erased. Okay. Um, he did that differently than he does on record, and I thought that was really cool. Nice. And uh, it was my first time seeing my favorite band, and it yeah, was man, that's it crazy. Was surreal. All right. Yeah, it was it was surreal. I got to meet everybody in the band except James, the guitar player. Well, okay. Technically, I didn't meet Ryan, the bass player, but I stood like ten feet from him, so I'm counting. <laughs> <laughs> but such uh, a fanboy. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> but I got to take a picture with Wit. Uh, I got to have a conversation with Devin, uh, and yeah, James was the only one I didn't meet, unfortunately. And it was funny because, uh, excuse me, my headphones just fall off. Uh, uh, Devin told me that if I stick around after the show, then I'd be able to get a picture with everybody. Mm-hmm. And after the show, uh, Wit was at his merch table, and he was like, yeah, everybody's really drunk right now, and I'm the only one sober enough to be at the table. Wow, that's crazy, because... <laughs> I didn't know that he would be the sober one. Yeah, I was really surprised. I figured it would be like Devin or somebody. <laughs> wow. Hey, well, at least you did get to pretty much meet that, especially on the first time you've seen them, and they are like your favorite band. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I got no complaints. You know, I wish we hadn't lost track of time and I was able to check out the other two bands. Yeah. But I will, uh, yeah, there it was go. a good show. Nice. It was a good show. And I, I think I've gone to other shows too, but we're just going to close out with this one. So... I went to see Point North, Hold Close, Sharp Tooth, and As It Is. So Point North, first time seeing them. They're pop punk, maybe a little aggressive pop punk. They did a really, really great job. So I would recommend people check out their music. They actually recently had an EP come out, I think a couple weeks ago. I think it's called Retrograde. I liked it. We just didn't, we didn't get a chance to talk about it on the show because we had so much shit going on and stuff. But... Point North, I would recommend people check them out. Hold Close is another really good band. What's interesting about them is they used to be almost like 
not melodic hardcore, but like aggressive pop punk in the veins of like, I don't know, like a heavier Real Friends or, you know, like a Movements, you know, like kind of that kind of style. But yeah. now they're like emo rock. So to have the pop punk, like aggressive jumping around pop punk of Point North and then go to Hold Close where now it's just really mellow and there is a keyboard and all that kind of stuff. It was very interesting, but they did a really great job because that's a really tough position to be in. Yeah. So sure. that was pretty interesting. I'd recommend them too. You just got to be in that state of mind, I, I think, to really enjoy that. But if you ever need a good cry, listen to that new Hold Close album time and you'll, you'll knock yourself out with that one. That's for <laughs> sure. And then we get to my favorite band, Sharp Tooth who I have been very vocal about in many, many episodes. Let's just say, I don't know, it's like my sixth time seeing them or something. Let's just mm -hmm. say they never change. So then they get off stage finally, and we go to As It Is. And As It Is, I, I don't know, I've always loved their stuff. I think they mm -hmm. do a great fucking job. I don't care how Patty dresses. I, none of their music sounds like My Chemical Romance. So that whole like, oh, they're just ripping out, it, that doesn't make any sense. If you've listened to any of their music, you know it doesn't sound like them. So I don't yeah. know why people do that. He did a great job. The crowd was really good for them. Just everything worked very well. I think they played like 17 or 18 tracks. They played some my favorites from like Soap. Um, yeah. They did a whole shit ton of songs that I really love. So I thought they did a great job. They always do. And Patty's a friend of the show as well. So yeah, I like it as it is. Yeah, man. If, if anyone can see them live, I would definitely recommend you do it for sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. And now I know you and I both have a lot of concerts coming up, but I think we should save that for after we actually go to the shows and we'll give people updates as the time goes on. Sure. I think my voice is giving out. So I think it's time to end the show. No mic issues. Don't jinx it. <laughs> All right, James. It is end of the show time. You were not able to do this the last time. So I'm going to ask you right now, do you have anything to plug? Yeah, I mean, I guess if you want to follow me on social media... I'm on pretty much everything at Words in the James. Uh, words? You know, word, words yeah. in the James. Okay. Yeah, like W-O-R-D-S in the James, my name. So pretty go. simple. All right. Uh, and if you want to – I don't have any original music up there right now, but if you wanted to check out some of the covers I do, uh, I do – I've done metalcore covers, like screaming covers, and then I've also done like kind of ambient like piano covers – uh, you can just search my name on YouTube. It's James uh, Bozentka, B-O-Z-E-N-T-K-A. I always spell it because nobody will ever oh, yeah. know how to spell that. <laughs> I didn't even know how to say it, so now I know. Freaking Polish last names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bozentka. There just call go. me Bazooka, James Bazooka. Oh, you don't get to uh, choose a nickname. Sorry. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, yeah, social media, YouTube, uh, that's pretty much where you can find me on. And then, like always, you can always find me on Twitter, at Ian Hates Podcast, on Instagram and Facebook, at Ian Hates, and you can always email me, ianhates at gmail.com. We have 
Ian Hates Love. We just put out the Valentine's Day special. So if you like a comedy show that's based on telling old relationship stories and doing dating advice and relationship advice, that is a show for you. Once again, all these shows are free. We've also got Ian Hates Conversations. And last week, I put out what I think is one of my favorite conversations. It was with the band Down and Dirty, who are all really, really great guys. Somehow, a talk with six people over the interwebs actually worked really fucking well. It really turned out well. You know, a few like random sounds and stuff, but who gives a shit? Plus, they go through the entire story of Down and Dirty. They're doing an Indiegogo right now to be able to finance their first full-length album. So go to Indiegogo, look up Down and Dirty, help them out. They're all great guys and they deserve it. The story is crazy from, you know, being the previous Dennis Stoff band to, you know, having to get the name to having royalty stolen to like the story is crazy. They give an open and honest like they tell everything that has been going on with that band. So I think people will really like that. Once again, that is free as well. I also want to mention that they are fucking great guys because they all shared the conversation with everyone. And you'd be extremely surprised, James, about how many bands will come on the show, spend like an hour and a half plus talking, and then I put a lot of work into putting the episode out, and they never share it around. It's so weird. It's whack. Doesn't make any sense whatsoever. These guys are fucking awesome. I will always support them and everything they do because of how great they are. Plus, I want that fucking full-length album because they're Mm. super talented. So... That's the last conversation, the one that will be coming out soon, maybe around the time this actually comes out, is I do have the great Landon Tours on the show, live in person. We talk about a ton of music shit, the plot new, we go into pretty much everything, you know, besides me gushing over how great a vocalist he is. You know, I try to keep the fanboy a little bit down as much as possible. Mm. But yeah, I think people are really going to enjoy that as well. Plush, plow, plush, plushy. <laughs> Plus, we have, <laughs> I'm hoping my voice is good for the rest of the week. So I have like an interview every single fucking day. I also oh, have a big announcement coming very soon to talk about something else that I can't talk about right now. But just know there are many more Ian Hates conversations on the horizon as well, as well as possible Ian Hates movies to boot. So, I think that is enough talking for me. Now, James, I know you have been waiting all night to do this. I'm going to ask you the infamous question that I have never been able to ask you before. (laughs) James, do you have any final words for everyone? Just keep on rolling, baby. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to be looking for a new co-host for Ian Hates Music. <laughs> oh, man. No, but on a serious note, uh, this isn't my catchphrase or anything, but I'm very thankful that finally got to be able to do a full episode. I've uh, been listening to this podcast for years, and it's just surreal being on here, man. So, Thank yeah, you for doing it, man. Move in, move out. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, you're supposedly going to be the new co-host going on we'll still see if that works but i appreciate that and thank you very much for taking the time to do this obviously now you know how much prep work 
goes into doing the show as well. So we'll keep on keeping on, as they say. But I will leave you all the way I always do. Long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone. So goodbye to you